Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. It's been an amazing game week. Hi Dipen, how are you? What are your thoughts on this past week's action and what are your thoughts on the table as it currently stands? Hey Chirag, what's up? I think Manchester City are I think unsurprisingly running away with the Premier League title race and I think they are on track to be champions for the third time in four seasons but there's there's a battle going on after that I think Manchester United and Leicester are closely competing for the next two spots in second and third but there's a huge and intense battle that is I mean this battle is kind of intensifying for the fourth place right now between a number of teams including Liverpool but I think the current holders are West Ham how do you see Liverpool coming back into this top 4 Chirag Well the good news is that it's a packed mid table from 4th right to 10th or 12th with just a point or two separating each team the bad news is i don't think liverpool or spurs are going to be close to the top 4 in the current form that they're displaying now so as much as i have loved klopp and mourinho i have no words to describe what is going on in any of those dressing rooms or what is going on in the minds of any of those managers because now to be a fly on the wall in the liverpool dressing room or the spurs dressing room what i wouldn't give the pain what i wouldn't give another struggle this weekend for liverpool you think there's a chance that they'll be able to claw themselves back into the champions league place or are we going to see liverpool out of the champions league next year Well look at the end of the day there's still 13 games left there's a 5 point differential and you're talking about two places at the end of the day right now as it stands they're still 6th with 40 points and West Ham are 45 Chelsea right behind West Ham on 43 so it's definitely not something that they can't do but let me be clear in this current situation it doesn't seem likely that this is something that they're going to do because they're playing some really bad football it's frustrating to even watch them i have no explanation as to how you can describe what is going on in the team especially after that 7-0 drubbing of crystal palace i think it was and after that it just started going really all wrong and literally if you want Uh, I I can't really find better words but the I I think the informal way to put this is after that it all went to hell because I don't understand what is happening and you can see sense the frustration with the players and you can see it on Klopp's face what he's going to do to turn this around I really don't know the first thing that all the Liverpool fans and obviously Liverpool themselves need to do especially starting from Jurgen Klopp is to stop complaining there's a situation we need to deal with it we need to fix it yes there may be injuries every team has injuries maybe it's a little more this year than other years as far as liverpool is concerned maybe it's a little more as far as liverpool is concerned as compared to other teams on occasion but it's something they need to learn to deal with so rather than crying foul in terms of oh, van dijk's out this one's out that one's out it's my 13th center back pairing let's really figure out a way about how we need to solve this problem so the answer to whether they can crawl themselves back in Certainly, they can. Do I see it? I'm, I'm afraid the pain. We're five points off the pace, and you know, unless we start seeing the attacking trio, trio of Salamane and Firmino of old, and Jara comes back and joins the pack over there, and all of a sudden it it becomes this well-oiled machine that we're so used to seeing, I, I fear for Liverpool and and their top four chances this time. 
Yeah, and I think a Champions League position is quite important for a club like Liverpool. I mean, you have these big players who always want to play for the play in the Champions League amongst the amongst Europe's best, and also not forgetting the financial side of it because the Champions League place ensures a significant sum of money that comes into your way. But as far as the point you were saying about injuries was to you know take a look at someone like Leicester, who we said will struggle with. if they have even injuries to key personnel and because they have a smaller squad but they've had injuries all across to key personnel right from their defense i think they have three three or four injuries there madison had an injury in in between wardy was injured for some time and missed a few games even despite all of that they have somehow managed to you know keep that momentum going and they remain the only team to be in that top 4 so I think Klopp and Liverpool could take a leaf out of that book and you know just pull themselves up. They definitely have the quality to do it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in the last two years, they have won a Champions League and they have won the Premier League. So personal is there, the firepower is there. It's just I think the issue of mindset and confidence maybe. Absolutely, Dipendi. I think the key thing right now which Liverpool need to focus on is number one: stop crying and don't panic. We're five points off the pace. We're thirteen games in hand. There's a long way to go still. It's something that, thankfully, Liverpool have enough experience in terms of their players. They know how to do this. They just need to go on a decent winning run. Rest assured, the other teams will eventually drop points. So Liverpool will automatically be able to propel themselves into fourth place. I'm not sure they can do much more now because, as it stands, I think they're still already ten points behind United and Leicester. So for me, not only is the title gone. But second and third is now a toss-up between Manchester United and Leicester City. I don't see any other team really clawing them back unless, basically, United or Leicester really let it go and have an absolutely bad run of of form and poor performances. I don't think they're letting go of that second and third spots. And credit to them because, firstly, I didn't really see Ole's side. I didn't even have them in the top four. They're fighting for second and third, so that's something where, uh, uh, as a Liverpool fan, it hurts. but i definitely need to acknowledge the fact that they've obviously done something right somewhere to be able to get into that position and definitely brendan rogers a little body told me that he's in contention for the spurs managers post because jose may be in a little bit of a trouble and deservedly so because he's really really got lester up and running and they're in that top 3 and hopefully they can stay in the top 4 this year and not let it slide because they've really really deserved it they've done an amazing job vardy's come good but that that what's new he does that every season but madison and barnes performances of their lives i think they're having amazing seasons i i believe amongst them they've they've scored more than 20 goals this season barnes has improved his finishing it's phenomenal and madison also one of my picks for england definitely i mean they were talking about who they're going to pick or on one of the shows that i was watching whether it would be madison or grealish in the english england side and i'd i'd play both of them the pain because they're really doing well and coming back to the point of yes i i uh, it's nothing to worry about for liverpool in terms of let's not panic but uh, am i afraid like i said I, i am afraid because based on current form this looks like it's going to be difficult remember that there are the likes of chelsea right up there Oh, it's not going to be easy. Thomas Tuchel demands a lot of his players, and before I give my opinion on what happened this past weekend with Chelsea, are there any thoughts you have on Thomas Tuchel or any other side you see 
that's probably going to take up that fourth spot, whether you think it's going to be Tuchel's Chelsea, Ancelotti's Everton or someone else. Thomas Tuchel started really well with his uh, stint at Chelsea that has currently gone on. But the last couple of games, we've seen that they are kind of struggling in the final third to create as much as they should because they, they're still holding a lot of the ball. They're having majority of the possession in their games, but they're still not managing to get those goals and scoring, which was the same problem that they faced with Lampard also at times. Chelsea in the attacking third weren't really pulling together. And uh, yeah, one thing really stuck off, stuck out this even, uh, this past week was that, you know, he got in Tammy, he started with Tammy Abraham, took him off at halftime, got in uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi at halftime. And then within, I think, 25-30 minutes, he uh, took Callum Hudson-Odoi also took him off. So... While I understand the first part where you take off a player at halftime, you're just sending a message that, you know, you're demanding from that player a complete 90 minutes of uh, this thing and you're not going to wait till, say, 60th minute to react. But when you put in a player in between in, in, in a match and then you take him off, that completely sends the wrong message to a player, I think, and to the others as well because... It's probably showing that you are not sure of your tactics or what you're planning to do. Uh, that that was completely off for me. But they, I don't know how they're struggling so much with the attacking third of their game. It's really a mystery to me. Well, like you said, it not only has a, a morale effect with the person that's been taken off, but also to the others in the team as well. And Thomas Tuchel is known for ruffling a few feathers. I would expect him to actually have clashes with both the management and the players. And it's going to be rather interesting because I really agree with you over there. It, it sends a very, very confused, convoluted message to that dressing room saying, hey, you know what? Tammy didn't do a good job. I brought on Hudson Odoi. Oh, wait a minute. I don't think he's pulling his weight either, which is what he kind of said in, in the uh, post-match interviews that I demand a lot more of my players and, you know, really wasn't happening for Hudson Odoi today either. And therefore, I just took him off. So, I, I don't really know what he what kind of message he was trying to send to his players, but it really may not work because at the end of the day, he needs to have the confidence of the dressing room. And if he does things like that so early on, I'm not sure that's the way to go. He's also confused it a little bit with keeping Kepa right after his FA Cup a clean sheet uh, onto the Premier League where Kepa kept a clean sheet against Newcastle as well. While he did say Mendes is number one, he may be getting on the wrong side and ruffling feathers amongst goalkeepers as well. So, it's it's going to be interesting, yes. And how, what they're doing to get this attacking, what they're going to do to get this attacking uh, one uh, attacking third running is beyond me, but if I were them, I would probably give a lot more consistent starts to these players. So whether you choose Tammy, Giroud, Werner, Ziyech, or Havertz even, the, the point is pick your players, show you trust them, and give them a run of games together. Because for starters, I don't think these players have had enough of a chance to get to know each other. And I know that we're talking about, hey, you know what, it's, we're already in the second half of the season, so how are you saying that? But obviously, the way Tuchel runs his team is is very different from the way Lampard does. So the tactics, the setup, uh, literally them understanding the game is very, very different. So I think rather than while he probably likes rotating, it's probably not the way to go right now to find out what, number one, what his best 11 is, what his first attracting three are. He needs to allow them to settle in and give them a series of games. And uh, I probably hope he doesn't because that's what's eventually going to let Liverpool back into the top four because eventually, no matter how good 
the hammers are doing i don't see west ham sustaining uh, a top four place and and no disrespect to them and it'll be an amazing achievement or uh, quite frankly if i'm wrong it'll be an uh, amazing achievement and if i'm right as long as they still end up in the top half i think it's an uh, amazing achievement for moyes and the hammers so uh, so no disrespect to them but i don't think that they're going to sustain that fourth spot and tuchel and chelsea can definitely take that and if he still struggles with his front three then it's only going to be a matter of time before fomino sala and mani really hit it because at the end of the day i don't need to teach those three what to do and neither does klopp they're just going to go out and do it because that's what they do year on year for the last three seasons or so so i i i think it's going to be interesting to see how tuchel manages that moving on depain other than that what are your thoughts on maybe an everton coming to take their place arsenal are probably 11 points off the of the fourth spot right now but do you think that they can get into that uh, tussle what about aston villa and obviously my favorite jose mourinho and tottenham i leave your favorite jose mourinho for a little later in the episode but let's start with everton i think everton right now in the seventh place around 40 points from 24 games and uh, the problem with everton is they've definitely shown signs that they can be in in and around that top 4 i think very early on we did discuss the possibility of them finishing near the top 4 or uh, in the top 6 but it's the inconsistency that they they have shown after that that really puts a doubt on them getting to that top 4 of course they they rely heavily on hamis rodriguez and jordan pickford and up front for uh, on calvert lewin for the goals these three are definitely key but the support around that in the midfield is really what is what will push them towards or closer to that top 4 but i don't think they'll be able to you know overcome the barriers that are there in terms of chelsea or liverpool absolutely agree with you over there the pain the only chance that i see of them coming in the top 4 is ancelotti's tactics because two teams that went really all out and were going really well at the start of the season were Everton and Aston Villa and these are the two teams that have pulled off in recent times if you look at the table Everton still have a game in hand and are on equal points with Liverpool and only 5 points off the top four so should they actually win their game in hand they're just going to be two points adrift of a Champions League spot so the chances are definitely going to be there for Everton and uh, the same can be said for Arsenal Villa who are again on 36 points but have two games in hand so it really really depends on which way they go Villa again I don't think have the firepower I mean you saw Grealish wasn't there this past weekend and without Grealish yes now they don't the good part is they don't look like a one man army anymore considering the recruitment that happened this summer and uh, they, they look really really good overall but without Grealish you can make out that they're definitely hurt they're definitely less of a team and they definitely don't have a strong bench and when you talk about everton coming back to everton again they lack probably the world class striker maybe and yes again no disrespect to calvert lewin he's been doing a really really good job but if you you know for me if you put a lukaku right next to calvert lewin that's a good strike force and you can you can do a lot of damage amongst both of them i don't think richarlison and calvert lewin have that kind of an effect but again when you put everton against liverpool i think what they won the first time in 22 years at anfield since 99 they haven't won and you could see the frustration of klopp because he actually got into a shouting match with uh, duncan ferguson on the touchline and again that's something which isn't new anymore we're used to seeing klopp now 
get really riled up and have those boxing matches on the touchline, which is sad to see if you're a Liverpool supporter and, and, and love Jurgen Klopp. But that's what's happening to them. And Everton actually walked off over there primarily because of the wonderful tactics employed by Carlo Ancelotti. So you can't really write them off. Although having said that, yes, I think Everton and Aston Villa will eventually both miss out. And uh, I would think Arteta and Arsenal have a chance to probably come seventh in that seven to ten spaces right now. I would probably keep seven and eight, maybe four uh, Spurs and, Arte- and Arteta's Arsenal. Yeah, I agree with uh, your point on Aston Villa. I think they... They're not only about Jack Grealish anymore, but the team surrounding him has got stronger. But it's still a team that revolves around Grealish. So that way, if Grealish is not there or he's not at his best, then they will struggle. And uh, yes, Arsenal, similarly, I don't think they have any realistic chance of looking at the top four. Their best way of entry, similar to Tottenham, would be to go through the UEFA League route. Uh, try and win the UEFA League to get the Champions League spot. But otherwise, the inconsistency that Arsenal has shown over this season, I really doubt that they can make any inroads. But yes, as you said, can probably hope to finish 7th at best, if not lower. Absolutely agree, Dubain. And and since we're talking about Arsenal, maybe you can just spend a a couple of seconds to talk about the wonderful performance City put in against them. Because Arsenal did actually a good job if you don't take into account the first 75 to 90 seconds where Sterling scored. It is absolutely beyond me how, again, no disrespect to Sterling over here, but it is absolutely beyond me how Sterling managed to head the ball into that goal. Uh, Amazing. City, (laughs) cool as you like it. I think they were in probably third gear out of the five gears here. Didn't really bother. Uh, It was... We are in cruise control from City's perspective and they didn't really care too much. Got the early goal and you saw spurts of why Gundogan is so good. You saw spurts, spurs, uh, spurts of uh, Kevin De Bruyne on his return. And again, some some good, you know, uh, trickery or jiggery-pokery, as I would lo- like to call it, from Mares as well. And Sterling getting the goal. And Sterling has become, again, under Guardiola. He's improved so much. So, all credit to Pep Guardiola and his city side. They look like they're going to run away with it and run away with ease. From an Arsenal point of view, I still think it's a good performance. Because once you get such an early goal for City, they're used to putting in a good 4-5 against you, at least. And the fact that they didn't, I think all credit to Arsenal over there. I mean, that is the plus side that you mentioned. That, you know, that Manchester City never ran away with the game. Although you can say that Manchester City were not at their best in terms of how they normally play. And losing to Manchester City right now is not a shock for any team, let alone Arsenal. So, the 1-0 loss against Manchester City doesn't seem that uh, that big of a deal. But the problem is with the inconsistency that they show throughout. And this is not the first time that Arsenal have conceded the goal in the first two minutes of a game. This has happened, I think, at least four or five times this season. If not more, there is something that is going on there where you're going on to the pitch and not immediately switching on. If you concede a goal so early on, you're always going to be chasing a game and you cannot possibly chase a game against Manchester City. It's just, it makes the task like 10 times harder than it already is. And it's already very, very difficult to take on Manchester City. So that's something that you should definitely look at. Besides, uh, yes, I think the focus this week or the coming week for Arsenal will be more on the UEFA League because they need to go deep into that tournament. And that is their best shot to try and get a Champions League spot. They don't have as big a squad of that high quality to compete against the likes of Manchester City, 
in any case so we can just take this as you know we showed heart we restricted manchester city that's some positives take that move forward but try and get a consistent run of good wins good games in the coming few weeks japan it's interesting you say that europa league is probably their best chance to take up a champions league spot i have one question for you which other london club do you think <laughs> actually thinks that they deserve to win the europa league and it's their best chance to get a, cha- a champions league spot and a trophy because that's what their manager said <laughs> I think I I definitely know one manager who thinks that winning the Europa League is what he can do with his eyes shut and he's probably looking at that as his best shot to get into the Champions League this year. It's none other than Jose Mourinho. Chirag, how is your love for Jose Mourinho developing over the season? You were very excited at the start of the season with him and seeing the front three of Son, Kane and Bale at work. How has that worked out so far? I I have no words. I actually have no words. Literally, Jose, fair, though, Jose, Jose. To be fair, in the previous match, as soon as Bale came on against West Ham in the second half, Tottenham looked twice the team they looked in the first half. They looked a much better so side. Being, so you're going to be fair to Bale, right? Then you're not going to be fair to Jose because oh, Jose's <laughs> had him for a long time. He's just not played him. Exactly. Just being fair to Bale, I I was mentioning last weekend that there was a small bit of moment of magic there that we saw a small spark, and we saw much more of that uh, in this one half, the second half that he played of the uh, match against West Ham, and also in I think he scored in the UEFA League. So there is something that that is happening. I think Gareth Bale has got a little bit of the drive back in him, and if the people around him show some support, maybe there is something there to work with. Paging Mr. Mourinho, paging Mr. Mourinho. There is still a to a to magic left in Gareth Bale. You may want to trust the man, considering you're probably this close from getting fired. So I read some some comments from Mourinho that saying that there is just that little bit of luck is not going Tottenham's way, and if that luck turns around, then the results will turn around. And he has full faith in his coaching abilities and his staff's coaching abilities. Do you think he's right? Well, I have a few messages for one, Mr. Jose Mourinho, and no disrespect, I think he is a superb coach, and I was very very excited to see him at Spurs and how he's managed to turn it around because in December. It literally, I think some point in December, Liverpool and Spurs were the top two, and I was on top of the world because Klopp was there, Mourinho was there, all was right in, with the world. The defensive tactics were working. The bottom line is whether you like his football or not. He was winning games, and then you obviously had the attacking flair of Son, Kane, and even Bale. There, I say, to actually come on and affect the game. So yeah, fair enough. For, but then it went quickly, quickly all wrong. And I'm sorry, Mr. Mourinho, when it happens time and time and time and time and time again, it's not bad luck you're doing something wrong. You need to take a closer look at yourself before taking a look at other people. Go, stare at the mirror, figure out what's wrong. Look at your tactics instead of looking at other people's games. Go and look at your own game. Look at your own tactics. Sit with your coaching staff because something's clearly not working over here. Rather than running up and down the touchline when people score, or running a, and 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 explaining to the fourth referee why things should be a yellow card, 
why don't you look deeply into yourself right now because something isn't right actually i i i saw an article that actually said mourinho saying that he can't fix everything you know what daniel levy has actually shown confidence in him and splashed the cash for him and pochettino wanted that and he didn't get it and pochettino and levy actually had a good relationship and it's amazing because mourinho comes in gets gets the approval to splash the cash gets his players in and and and, and i'm sorry but i think he's got a fair amount of his players in as well and now he's saying there's certain problems that i can't fix no so you have to fix the problems it's your team who is going to fix the problems and of course these are solely my personal views on the spurs boss and 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 the spurs side but uh, again things not all doom and gloom they have the magic of gareth bale it it, it definitely it showed during midweek that he still got it and uh, so credit to bale and uh, really i think from my personal point of view i think borinho just has to start playing that attacking trio and not only do that he needs to actually allow them to play so it's one thing to start them together but it's another thing to say okay you know what guys go and play some football we're not going to just be defensive we're not going to park the bus right off the cuff we're not going to just stay back and allow teams to attack so they definitely have the attacking flair they have the talent and i think they have the hunger it's a matter of unleashing them let your stallions go I mean that's my message to Mourinho let them go it's probably your best chance to uh, you know to get into the top 4 get close enough and it's probably your best chance to save your job as well if I if I were you would really be thinking about that because I don't know how patient the Spurs fans or Daniel Levy is going to be with these kind of results and from Jose's body language it doesn't seem that he thinks that he can get into the top 4 based in the prem uh, based on the performances in the premier league it really seems that he's just going to gun the, uh, and go after the europa league and maybe save face over there and then maybe on hindsight look you know what if he wins the europa league i think i'm myself would be sitting over here saying it's been a successful season for spurs he's he's won a trophy he's got them into the champions league by virtue of winning the europa league and then it's probably going to be a very very different conversation because a lot of pundits a lot of analysts are going to have a very mixed feeling in terms of how the season's going to go rather how the season will have gone for spurs because they would have actually picked up both a trophy and a champions league place by virtue of that trophy and if you had asked me at the start of the year if that's enough uh, i think spurs fans would have taken it and i would have said you know what jose still got it so is, is that really an acceptable i mean victory for a team that was two years back in the final of the champions league saying that you know what two years well, back we were final of the champions league but now we have won the european league so this season is more successful than that season Although if you sack that manager uh, after that season, I mean, in a few games after that season, and you're saying that this 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 is a success for this club, I really doubt it. I mean, if even if you ask, uh, I mean, well, and well, if they come from Carabao Cup or it, right? uh, Europa pain. League is not going to be a success for a team that has so recently done so well. I mean, it's the same players. I mean, it was Son and Kane there at that point. Delhi Ali at that point. Uh, half of the defense was still there. Loris was still there. They've all played in the final of the Champions League. I don't think either of them would feel that a UEFA uh, Europa Europa League is a success. Well, at the end of the day, he's been brought in to win trophies, right? So as long as he wins the trophy, even if you say he wins a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup, I, it really depends on how you define success. So I agree with you. I love Pochettino. I don't think he should have even got the sack. But the point is that 
इफ यू गिवन अ मैनेजर मैंडेट टू विन ट्रॉफीज एंड ही कम्स इन एंड ही डज दैट देन इज दैट गुड इन ऑफ दैट समथिंग फॉर फॉर चेयरमैन प्रॉब्लम टू टेक अ लुक एट एंड थिंग सो आई प्रोबली ऑन द साइड ऑफ क्वेश्चन And I probably take your side. I mean, I probably think what you're saying is 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 a hundred percent right. Uh, quite frankly, uh, I would struggle to see how the club is moving forward if you're saying that champ Europa League is enough of a success for a side that was in the Champions League final and playing some amazing football a couple of years ago. Given the fact that they've moved backwards in terms of the style of football they play, and given the fact that they're nowhere close to being the in the top. Four and they had to take the route of the Europa League because you're banking really hard on on the Europa League, which, by the way, they still still may not win. Exactly, there is still a long way to go for that, and they they not only have teams from the other leagues, but even strong teams from the English Premier League still there in terms of Manchester United and Arsenal and Arsenal. Yes, <laughs> and both those teams will also put. everything they have in trying to win that and maybe not manchester united till they are in that you know in a battle for the top 4 but as soon as they think they are in a comfortable place in that top 4 which may happen pretty soon going by their recent performances they will also start to put their focus on the uefa uh, on the europa league so that is oh, absolutely that that is going to be a major hurdle for uh, tottenham and jose mourinho Yeah, I think actually Leicester also still right in there, right in the Europa League. So <laughs> this isn't going to be easy for Jose <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah, so I mean, it just shows in a sense the strength of the English Premier League at this current moment. So, anyways, Chirag, time to move on to final predictions then for the fourth spot. Are we assuming Manchester City one, Leicester and Manchester United second and third in whatever order? Who gets the fourth spot? Can West Ham with Mikel Antonio, Declan Rice, and most recently Jesse Lingard managed to hold on to that fourth spot. Oh no, no! I'm going with my heart on this one. Klopp will turn it around for the cop. We need to show faith. We need to trust our manager. He's going to get us back into the top four. There are 13 games left. It's a matter of time. We just need to turn on that switch. Once we switch gear, there's going to be hell to pay for all these teams. And everyone that has underestimated underestimated Liverpool Football Club, we're going to go after that fourth spot. The pain. Who has underestimated? I'm going everyone, to be brave no and one... say that, so I really hope Klopp keeps. <laughs> Who? No one has underestimated <laughs> Liverpool. Everyone has overestimated Liverpool. Everyone thought they'll be either winning the league or finishing second at best. But here we are trying to get them into the fourth place. But I will. I'm hoping West Ham can manage to stay in that top four. They have been very impressive. I doubt it, but I think uh, I'll go with a toss-up between West Ham and Chelsea for that fourth spot. Oh, so you're going to say it's it's a London club taking the fourth spot? Yeah, <laughs> might as well have one in there. There's, there's been one in there since forever. That club is not being a part of this race for <laughs> the last couple of years, so might as well. Well, on that note, Tepain, it's time to call it a night. It's been an exciting episode of the Yellow Card. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Thanks, Tepain. Have a good night everybody. We'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.